because I got my notes right here. And the title of this is The Son of Man is Being Revealed. And almost every scripture has been covered last night and today is right there. And it was written down before I come to church last night. I don't preach by notes. I keep scripture references there. If I'm looking for something, can't remember where it is, but I don't preach by notes. I preach by the revelation of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And I appreciate the Lord today. And so when I get into this today, I may say some things you disagree with. That's your privilege. But if you'll listen, I believe God can show us where he wants to take us and how he's going to get us there. See, God don't unveil something and leave you hanging. If God unveils it, he's going to reveal how to get you there. God ain't going to open something up in your spirit and reveal himself in a way that you've never known and then not tell you how to get there. God's going to reveal himself, but God ain't going to do it in one service either. Too much. Can't be done. Amen. Just a little volume. Just a little. Hallelujah. And I'm going to Luke 17. And I'm going to read this and then I'm going to start reading some scriptures. I'm in Luke 17 and I'm going to verse 26. And, it, and as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the floods came and destroyed them all. And likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now that day ain't talking about a 24-hour period. It's talking about a time frame. I don't know how long it is. But this is a day that the Son of Man is being revealed. That's why we keep telling you, and I keep telling you, we're not going into a visitation. We are in a visitation. We are in a visitation of the Spirit of God wanting to reveal Himself to His people and wanting to change your life and take you into a realm in Him you've never walked. Because this generation's got to have something. This generation right now is just like the days of Noah and it's just like the days of Lot. This generation is perverted, it's unclean, it's unholy and the Son of Man is being revealed. And he said, he said when you see that kind of generation, he said, no, it's going to be the same in the days when the Son of Man is revealed. We got to come to the knowledge of who Jesus is, what he was and where he's taking us just a little bit. And I'm going to Matthew, the first chapter. And I'm going to read several different verses of Scripture. And then I'm going to try to exhort on this. Like I said, I may not have all the answers for you today. But if you will listen to me, I feel like I can take you somewhere by the Spirit of God. It ain't me, it's what God's put in me. For I, I've said this many times. The gospel that I preach, I neither received it of man... Neither what I taught it a man, but
but I received it by the revelation of Jesus Christ through prayer and fasting and study of the Word seeking God. God's put this in me. Ain't no man preached this. Because I preach things man ain't never preached in this generation. And I preach things preachers won't touch. You know why? They're afraid of the backlash. They don't want to bear the reproach. But when God tells me something, I don't have to run off and ask somebody if it's God. I'll preach it. Because I believe it. I know that voice. Verse 18 of Matthew 1. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. The Gospel of John, the first chapter. Let me know when you're there. Man, I feel the Spirit of the Lord heavy in this place today. Hallelujah. Going to verse 10. He was in the world. The world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came unto his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glorious of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Romans, the first chapter. You there with me? Romans 1 and 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated under the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets and the holy scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection of the dead. I'm going to read that last part again, that verse 4. And declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Y'all with me? Hebrews, second chapter. 14th verse. Anybody there? All right, here we go. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. And deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him or pleased him to be made like unto his brethren, 
that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to succor or help them that are tempted. I'm going to Hebrews 4 and 14. Now I know y'all just went over these scriptures. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Hebrews the fifth chapter. And I'm laying all these scriptures out because we'll be coming back to them. Hebrews the fifth chapter. Didn't have far to go. Fifth verse. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. As he saith in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, talking about Jesus, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong cryings and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him, called of God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Hallelujah. I think I got one or two more, if that ain't enough. Romans 8. Verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned or destroyed or put to death sin in the flesh, that He, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now I want to talk to you on the Son of Man is being revealed. I'm not talking about the Son of God. I'm talking about the Son of Man. I read you in Romans the first chapter in that fourth verse where he said that he was declared to be the Son of God by the Spirit of holiness and the resurrection from the dead. So he did not put on the the, the fullness of God, and y'all disagree with me if we want to, but he did not put on the fullness of God and take on the full dominion and authority of God until after his resurrection. Now, I know you do. 
But you listen to what I'm preaching. He did not take it on because when he walked on this earth, he was the son of man. He said himself, there are things I don't know. There are things only the father knows. There are things that I can't do. And I only do what I do by the direction of my father. I do them because I'm led by the spirit. He was not in control of himself, but he was led by the spirit of God. But this is what I want you to understand. He was flesh. The church world has never preached him as flesh and blood and bone. They've never preached him that way. And until me and you come to the knowledge that he was just like us, till he was made just like me and you. I've heard preachers preach for years. Well, yeah, he was a man, but he was different. No, if he was different, me and you don't have a chance. The only thing different about Jesus is he knew what he was called to do. The only thing different about him is he had the knowledge of his, of what he was called to do. And from a child, the Lord prepared him when he spoke to them scholars in the temple. The Bible says he went down and became subject to Mary and Joseph and grew in statue, grew in wisdom, grew in favor with God and man. Jesus Christ received the Holy Ghost at the baptism when John baptized him. It said he didn't receive the Spirit with measure like we did, but it didn't say he got the fullness. There's nowhere you can find in the Scripture when Jesus was on this earth that he received the fullness of God. He had to learn. He had to grow. He had to become obedient. I'm not going questions, Brother Billy. Not now, I'll talk to you later. The hey, when? 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 Alright, that's what I'm saying. He's body right now. He's body right now. He's body right now. That's what the church has told us. That's what the church has told us. That's what the church has told us. That Jesus Christ was above us. And we could never reach what he reached or accomplish what he accomplished. And we've been taught wrong. We've been taught wrong. Because every scripture I just read said he was a man. The Bible says in Acts 2 and 22, a man approved of God. By signs and wonders and miracles. A man. Are y'all hearing me? Get this in your mindset. Because do you get this in your mindset that he was created just like you? And he was created like you for two reasons. He was created as flesh and bone and blood to be the Lamb of God and be the sin sacrifice. And he was created like me and you. So through that baptism of the Holy Ghost that come in him, as a man with God living in him, he conquered sin. He conquered temptation. He conquered everything that come his way. And he done it as an example. If he was above us, then he can't be our 
example. If he was above what we are, he can we can no be he can't be our example. He was made like us, like us in the likeness of sinful flesh. He took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. And as a man with God living in him, he destroyed sin in the flesh. He destroyed it. He condemned it. He put it to death. Not as God, as a man with God living in him. And me and you are being given the same opportunity. We're being given the same opportunity. What was it different about him? He submitted to the will of the Father is the only difference. The reason he done what he done, the reason he fulfilled his call, he let everything in life go and he submitted to the call of God. He totally submitted to it and gave himself over to it. When he got baptized, the Holy Ghost came on him. He went into that wilderness, fasted and prayed 40 days and nights, come out and he was totally under subjection to the Spirit of God and he stayed that way the rest of his days. You know why? He kept his flesh crucified. He had flesh. The carnal mind warred against him. The things of this life warred against him. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, it warred against him. The devil wanted him to fail. And when he nailed him to the cross, he thought he had destroyed him. He didn't know it was God's plan. See, God could not just step down and take the earth back from the devil because Adam gave it to him. Adam gave it to him. God's a God of laws. He's a God of principles. So God had to find a way through man because man surrendered this earth to him. God had to find a way through man to take it back. And Jesus took it back. Jesus took it back. And he came in the reconciliation. The word reconcile means to restore back, to put back to the first estate. He came and reconciled man back to God. He came and made the way for me and you to go back to where God created man. Back to the dominion. Back to the authority over all God's creation. On every demon, every sickness, every disease. And to have victory over this flesh like He did as the Son of Man. And to reach that place as Son of Man so that we can now, when we reach that place, we can go into the sons of God. You'll never be a son of God without first being the place He reached in the Son of Man. See, we've been taught the sons of God ministry is just going to show up. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. Not till you see somebody put it in the place of the Son of Man and this is where he's taking us. As a man with God living in him. As a man with God living in you, you can conquer every force. You can conquer this world. Jesus said in John 16 and 33, He said, in this world you're going to have tribulation. In me you're going to have peace. He said, but be of good cheer. I have over." 
overcome the world. What did he overcome? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He overcame the world. He overcame the world. It ain't the devil that gives us all the trouble we accredit to him. It's the lust of our flesh, the lust of our eyes, and the pride of this life. Does the devil fight us? Yeah. He takes all these things and he works them. And he works them. And he gets us in a mess. And he gets us to lusting after things. He gets us in our anger and our upsetness. He takes the works of the flesh and he magnifies them. And he puts us in trials. And what I'm going to bring you back to right now, you come to the understanding today that you and Jesus was made just alike in the flesh. Just alike. Was he conceived of the Holy Ghost? Yeah, he was. But the Bible said the Word was made flesh. If he come in here as a God, if he come in here with some kind of power or authority me and you don't have, he come in here with some kind of an edge, forget it. Forget it. It was his flesh that was tempted in the wilderness. God can't be tempted with evil. You hear me? And God don't tempt man. Man is drawn away and enticed with his own lust. That's how he's tempted. So the temptation of Jesus in that wilderness, he tempted him with the things of this world. Tempted him with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Try to give him riches. Try to give him fame. Try to give him fortune. Try to exalt him and lift him up. When Jesus come out of that wilderness, the first thing the devil said to him was, If thou be the Son of God. Trying to get him to prove himself. Trying to get to his disposition. Trying to get to his pride. If thou be the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. What did Jesus go back at him with? The Word of God. The Word of God. He went right back to him to the Word of God. He said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Took him up on the top of the temple. Told him, said, Cast yourself down. He said, "He said It is written. See, the, day, the devil started using the Word on him. The devil used the Word on you. The devil will tempt you, and if you rebuff him like Jesus did, he'll turn around and use the Word on you. And he turned around and used the word on him. He said, well, don't you know it's written I, that thy angels are given charge over thee? Lest at any time I, thou dash thy foot against the stone, they'll bear, we, bear thee up. He said, yeah, but it's also written, thou shall not tempt I, the Lord thy God. I, and then he took him up into a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of this world, all the wealth, all the riches, I, everything. And he said, I will give you this I, if you will bow down and worship me. I, for it is given into my power to give you riches and wealth and the kingdoms of this world. Jesus looked at him and says, Satan, it is written, thou shalt serve the Lord thy God and him only shall thy serve. And the devil departed him for a season. He came back, children of God. Everywhere Jesus turned, he was going through temptations, trials that's trying to catch him in his words, that's trying to get him to mess up, just like what we're going through today. Bring me my stuff off the desk in there. I'm going to do a demonstration and see if I can get you to understand. The Lord spoke something to me back last February. I never really got into it. 
But I wrote it online, posted it online, and I never had a whole lot of comments on it, but the people did comment on it, so it makes perfect sense. I'm going to try to explain to you what God showed me, this Holy Ghost, that's fixing to be revealed in us in a fullness. This thing fixing to get in us in a measure ain't no generation ever walked in. Are y'all hearing me? God has saved this for our day. Do I have an earnest of the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Do I know how much that is? No. I just know the Bible says an earnest is like a down payment. I do have something in the Holy Ghost. Do I have what the early church had? I don't think so, but I'm getting close. Do I have what the Lord wants me to have? No, I don't think I do, but I'm getting close. Hallelujah. I said I'm getting close to being prepared to receive it because I'm telling you right now there's coming a baptism that we've never tasted of. There's coming a baptism we've never had. There's coming a baptism never been revealed to any generation when James and John come to Jesus and wanted to set on uh, one side of him and one on the other in his kingdom, he said, you don't know what you're asking. And he said, can you be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And can you drink of the cup I, that I'm going to drink of? And they said, yes, Lord, we can. I, and he told them, he said, you will be baptized I, with the baptism that I am baptized with. I, and they did. They got they got an earnest of it. But no generation has ever received uh, the fullness of God as a body ministry. You've had preachers do great miracles. Uh, you've had preachers reveal great revelation. But I'm telling you today, the day of the big preacher is over with. I'm not telling you the day of big revivals is over with. But I'm telling you the days of the big preachers is over with. Because this is a body ministry. This is a body ministry. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lisa, come up here and help me. So I can keep going on this. Do you all understand what I'm saying? Jesus was not set up above you. The Bible said he was made a little lower than the angels. Why? He had to suffer death. I'm not talking about physical death. There's people who go through a lot worse physical death than Jesus went through. It don't make them Christians. You hearing me? It don't make them Christians. There's people that'll be martyred. They'll, they'll, they'll suffer torture for days on end and weeks on end. Some of them come through it, some of them don't. But it don't have nothing to do with their Christianity. I need you to roll the rest of those out, just about like that and right there. But I want you to understand. Jesus the man. How many of y'all want the mind of Christ? Do you want the mind of Christ? Do you believe what it says in Philippians 2 and 5? Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. But do you know with that Christ Jesus... Part of him's man. Part of him's man. You hearing me? He's still body. Are y'all hearing me? He's still body. When he appeared to them after the resurrection, he told them, Handle me. Handle me. Find them holes in my hands, in my feet, in my side. Thrust your hand in there where they pierced me with the spear. He said, a spirit hath not flesh and bone as you see me have. So he's still body. 
And the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily in Christ Jesus today. It's where God lives in him. He's the manifestation of God. He's what your eyes can see. You ain't going to see God, God's spirit. Jesus is the only God you'll ever see as far as physical sin. Did he not say in John 14, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father? Did he not tell them that? Why? He was manifested. He was manifested. Great is the mystery of godliness without controversy. God was manifest in the flesh. Preached on in the world. I can't get all the exact quote. Seen of angels. Received up into glory. Why? He was manifested through the flesh. He was manifested through the flesh of Jesus. And everything Jesus could manifest before his death was the Son of Man. Because that's what he was. He didn't become the Son of God in full power and authority and dominion until after his resurrection. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. There ain't no scripture you can say he did. There ain't no scripture you can say he did, Brother Billy. Money and a fish's mouth. If that ain't resurrected fire of God, what is it? He didn't have it until after the resurrection, I'm telling you. And there is a people. There is a people that shall know their God and they shall do exploits. That people's coming forth, but they're not sons of God yet. Elijah done miracles. Moses done miracles. Called fire down from heaven. Brother Billy, I'm not going to argue with you, and I'm not going to keep. I'm not going to keep debating with you. Is that not resurrected fire? Can you lay your life down and pick it up? Jesus was a man. Jesus was a man. By the Spirit, I'm man, and I'm God. By the Spirit of God, lives in me to a measure. This is what God showed me, and y'all remember. Back on February 16th, I started to walk out of that office. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, the Holy Ghost that I'm sending back, he said, is the resurrected power of Christ mixed with the humanity of man. That's what he told me. I heard his voice before I walked out of that office. Didn't understand it. Couldn't preach it. You're going to have to... See if you can make this a little thicker. I'll start with these two. And when the Lord started revealing this to me, He showed me that Jesus received the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say this, Jesus. I'm going to say this, the Holy Ghost. And what I saw was a spiritual DNA. If y'all have ever studied science... They got a graph. Whitney, you studied nursing school. Did they show you DNA like in a graph? They did not intertwine something like that, four or five different strands. 
He showed me that uh, the Lord showed me Jesus and the Holy Ghost began to intertwine. And with every trial he went through, every temptation he went through, every demon he faced, the powers he put down, the devils he cast out, the wisdom he learned, the knowledge and understanding he come to, he became more intertwined. The man and the God became more intertwined. Are y'all following me? Became more intertwined. This is what I saw in the Spirit. Am I going to try to make you believe it? No. This is for whosoever will. Come let them drink of the waters of life freely. I saw this. I really wanted modeling clay, but we couldn't get any. But anyway, I saw this. And I saw all the way up till he went to the cross. Died and was resurrected. And when his resurrection came, he became the Christ. The scripture says he did. Jesus became the Christ. All this was intertwined in his spirit. All this was in him. Everything he had to do to conquer the devil. All the miracles. All the deliverance. Everything that he faced. All the compassion. All the mercy. All the understanding. Everything. Everything becomes intertwined with that Holy Ghost. till he become the Christ. And now you can't separate it. You can't separate the man from the God. You can't separate the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the power. You can't, you, can't, uh, you can't separate it. You can't separate it, what he learned to overcome trials, to overcome temptations, to fight demons. You can't separate it. And this is what's coming back to us. This is what's coming back to us. It ain't just going to be the Spirit of Christ. I mean, the, the Spirit of God It's going to be the Christ. It's going to be the man and the God mixed that's going to set down in us and give us what we need to conquer this flesh. That's why God is opening our knowledge to this. That's why He's opening our understanding. We, you've had a measure of the Holy Ghost for years. I've had a measure of the Holy Ghost for years. So have a lot of you in here. But you've never conquered your flesh. You've never been able to conquer your flesh. You've never had victory over your flesh. So he that did, he that did as a man, he abolished sin in the flesh. Are you hearing me? He abolished it in the flesh with God living in him. He abolished it. Well, I've had God living in me, Brother Michael, and I ain't got it done. I ain't accomplished it. So therefore, there's something else we need. What do we need? We need what he obtained on this earth mixed and mingled with the Holy Ghost then becoming one and by his death, burial and resurrection he became the Christ and ascended up, put his blood on the mercy seat obtained eternal redemption and this spirit this spirit of him the spirit of him that conquered sin in the flesh the spirit of him that conquered every devil, the spirit of him that got victory over every demon the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding the power the mercy the compassion it's coming back in a baptism of the Holy Ghost we've never had 
Can you see what I'm saying? Can you understand what I'm saying? This is why he had to do what he done. This is why in John 7, and I think about 37 or 39, Jesus screamed out in the temple that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. And this he said, speaking of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given, for he was not yet glorified. Why did it have to wait for him to be glorified? Because he became the Christ and the Holy Ghost that's coming back is the Spirit of Christ. It's this right here. It ain't just one part. It's the whole thing. You can't separate that. You can't separate that. Neither can you separate what he learned as a man. Neither can you separate what God taught him as a man and how they became intertwined. And he went all the way to obedience unto death. Though he were a servant, yet he learned obedience. Are y'all hearing me? And became obedient, became submitted unto death, even the death of the cross. He submitted himself to the will of the Father. He submitted himself. He submitted himself to obedience, though he were a son. When he was in that garden and he was praying, the Bible says in Hebrews 5, in the days of his flesh, he offered up strong cries and tears and supplication unto him that was able to save him. Why? He feared what was ahead of him. He was afraid of what was ahead of him. Was he afraid of the cross? No. Was he afraid of physical death? No. Was he afraid of the whipping? Now, what was he afraid of? Becoming sin and going to the pits of hell without the Father and being there those two days and two nights without God. And the only thing he had to rely on was the Word that said, I will not leave my soul in hell, neither will I suffer thy Holy One to see corruption. That's all he had to rely on. He held on to that Word. And he believed. You hear me? He believed God was not with him. Before he gave up the ghost, he cried out, Eloi, Eloi, lemma sabachthani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because when he that knew no sin became sin, the Spirit of God left him. Couldn't look on him. Couldn't be there with him. Was he afraid? Yes. He was afraid. He said it in Psalms. He said the floods of ungodly man made me afraid. The pangs of death and hell get hold of me and the sorrows of hell surrounded me. He wasn't there as a victor. He was numbered among the transgressors. He was there as a transgressor. Are you hearing me? When he paid for every one of our sins, he triumphed over the devil openly. Took the keys of hell and death from him, resurrected, went to the Father, put his blood on the mercy seat, obtained eternal redemption, and took on the fullness of God. And God lives in him to this day. God lives bodily in him to this day because he is body. He is body. He is body, and he still retains the humanity of the man.
I'll show you. First Timothy. I believe it's First Timothy. Let me find it. Pretty sure it is. Yeah, I got it marked. First Timothy, second chapter. Verse 5. For there is one God. There is one mediator. Between God and men. The man. Christ Jesus. The man. The man. If you don't believe Jesus is made like you. You can never attain what he attained. Do you realize as a man, he walked on this earth? Did he have God living in him? Yeah, but we do too. We do too. He done it that way to show us the example, to give us a chance to do what we're called to do. I'm predestined and foreordained to become a son of God. I believe that. I believe that. But that don't mean it's just going to happen. I got to fight for this, just like he had to fight for. He had to fight for this. Are y'all hearing me? He was tempted in all points, like as we are. Every way you can be tempted, Jesus was tempted. But he didn't give in to it. But he, as a man, for what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. He put it to death as a man. Are you hearing me? We can put sin to death in our lives as a human vessel with God living in us. But you've got to yield to what the Holy Ghost wants to work in you. You've got to yield to it. Yielding to the Holy Ghost ain't just shouting and talking in tongues. Yielding to the Holy Ghost is letting God change you. It is letting God take control of you. It is surrendering everything in you to the working of that Spirit of God that God can lead you into the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding that you need to overcome sin in the flesh. What did Jesus say in, in John? It, what, 14, 15, 16, those three chapters there? He said, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, what's he going to do? He's going to reprove sin, but he's going to testify of me. The Holy Ghost is testifying of Jesus. Y'all hear me? He's testifying of this Jesus. He's going to come and testify of him. Why? He's become the Christ. He said, he's going to take of mine, and he's going to reveal it unto you. Amen? What's he going to do? He's going to take everything he obtained. Everything he obtained, walking as a man with God living in him. He's going to take everything he obtained and he's going to come and live in you and you're going to testify of him. The spirit of Christ that's in you is going to testify of what's living in you. Why? It's going to take of his. It's going to reveal it unto you. Amen? It's going to reveal it unto you. There's one God. 
There's one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. The man. So when he said, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, the man's mixed in there with it. Not the carnality, the humanity. Jesus no more can be tempted by the carnality. Me and you ain't got there yet. But there's a place we're going to get there. Why? Because this conquered it. This overcame it. This is coming by and it's going to dwell right there. This is how we're going to do it. His spirit that conquered it. His spirit that overcame it. His spirit that got victory over it that you don't, that you no longer, that you no longer are debtor to the flesh to live after the flesh. Amen. Time we walk out this door. Carl man's going to kick back up. He don't kick up before we get out the door. He's going to kick up. When Jesus put him to death, he stayed dead. He put him to death, he stayed dead. You can take this right here that I'm telling you. You can go to Romans, the sixth chapter. When you have been planted with him in the likeness of his death, then you're going to be raised with him in the likeness of his resurrection. It ain't talking about up there. It's talking about down here. See, he paid for it. He paid for it. All we got to do is be obedient to him and walk the way he's telling us to walk, and we're going to receive what he's paid for. Are you hearing me? For I am an heir with God and a joint heir with Christ. Christ. No Christ Jesus. No Jesus Christ. I am a joint heir with Christ. I'm an heir with God and a joint heir with Christ. Y'all hearing me? I'm a joint heir with him. It's my inheritance to receive this. It belongs to me. It belongs to me. Jesus was the son of God because he was conceived by the Holy Ghost. He was made flesh. By his name, he was an heir. But there came a time for him to inherit. Just like any heir, there comes a time for you to inherit. There comes a time for you to inherit. He didn't inherit as the son of man. He inherited as the son of God. All power. After his resurrection, he told me, he said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. All power. Every bit of it. I'm now in control. I won't have to ask the Father nothing. I won't have to be led, wait for the Father to speak to me. Father's in here. <laughs> we won now. We won now. Everything Jesus done, he became one with the Holy Ghost that he had. And see, this right here that he obtained when he ascended, this is the resurrected power of Christ. No man has ever ministered on earth in the fullness of the resurrected power of Christ because Jesus obtained it after his resurrection. He never came back and ministered on earth in that power and it's never been given in the fullness to any generation. This is ours. This is ours. This is ours. Can y'all understand what I'm saying? This is why the fight gets so hard because the devil knows we ever laid hold on this. He toast. 
He toast. Can anybody understand what I'm, what I'm preaching? Can you? If you can see where I'm going, raise your hands. Let me, let me see. Are you with me? And this is what God, where God's trying to get us. This is where God's trying to get us. But you've got to understand. He abolished. Y'all hearing me? He abolished this as a man. He abolished it as a man. Go to Ephesians 2. Yeah, he could have called 10,000 angels, but he didn't. You know why? He knew what his purpose was. He knew what his purpose was. And I'm going to tell you, when he went to eat supper with his disciples, you can find it in the Scripture. I don't know exactly where it is. I've read it two or three times. It said right there, all things was given into his hands. So right there he had a choice to go to that cross or to walk away. He's always had a choice. But he had a choice. He says all things was given into his hands. Everything was submitted into his hands. The Father left it with him. He had a choice to walk away. Or he had a choice to go to that cross. Go to hell and do what he done. And become the Christ. He had a choice. What did he battle? Oh, they ain't none of y'all wants to die. Especially the death he knew was waiting on him. He didn't want to die. He didn't want to die. But when he got down there and he began to pray in that agony and that wrestling in him became so strong that his sweat became his great drops of blood and he wrestled there and he prayed and cried with strong cries and tears and supplication unto him that was able to save him what he feared. He was afraid. He was afraid of what he was going to have to face all by himself. He had never been without the presence of the Father, children of God, up to the time that God forsook him when he became sin. He was afraid of that. He was afraid of being put in the devil's hands. He was afraid afraid of what he was going to have to face, what he was going to go through. He was afraid and he cried out and then he come to the point and he said, what do I pray? Let this cup pass from me. For this very hour right here, I've been made manifest and brought into the world. And now that I'm here and I'm at the place I can deliver all humanity, from the bondage of the devil. I'm at the place that I can destroy him that holds the bondage of death. Because at that time, Satan still held the bondage of death. He said, I'm right here. What do I say? Let this cup pass from me. This is a man talking. This ain't a God talking. This is a man that was very afraid. Very afraid. Of what lay before him. And he offered up strong supplication. Crying in tears. Why? He was afraid. He prayed in such an agony that his sweat. Became his great drops of blood. But then he surrendered. He said, Father. Not my will. But thine be done. From that point it sealed him. It sealed him. That's what took him to the cross. 
with confidence. That's what took him through the persecutions. That's what took him through the beatings. That's what made him become totally surrendered and submitted and obedient. He became obedient. The word obedient means submission. See, where we're at, we only want to give God part of our lives. And until we're ready to surrender, we'll never get this the way God wants us to have it. You may taste of it. You may have some healings and miracles. You may have some good revivals. But until we totally surrender, until we totally surrender, we can give ourselves over to him and let him take complete control. Let him take complete control. I'm in Hebrews 2. I'm sorry, Ephesians. That's what happens when you get your minds. Y'all with me? Verse 14. For he is our peace, who had made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. What did he break down? The veil. He broke down the veil. And he went into the holiest of holies. And the natural man and the spiritual man became one. Became one. He tore down that metal wall of partition. He went into the holiest of holies. He is our forerunner. Hebrews 6 tells you he is. He is our forerunner. He went before us into the holiest of holies. That that kept us out of the presence of the fullness of God is no more. When he tore down that middle wall of petition and entered into that fullness presence of God, put his blood on that mercy seat and the temple in the heavens, for the Bible says that the pattern that Moses was given was made after the patterns that are in the heavens. So there is a temple up there of some description. I don't know what it is. But when Jesus tore that petition, Walk behind that veil. The natural and the spiritual became one. Became one. He abolished in his flesh. You hear me? He abolished in his flesh. He put to death sin in the flesh. Get this thing out of your mind. That, that was Jesus and he's way, way up. I'm not taking away from his deity. I'm not taking away from the God part of him. I believe in the God part of it. I fear the God part of it. But I recognize the man part of him fought the same battles I fight. Fights the same warfare I go through. What did the Bible tell us? The spirit lusts us against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit. They are contrary one to the other. We've heard this preached for years and we've never known how to overcome it. This is how. You're going to be baptized with the baptism that he is baptized with. And all this word that's in you and being put in you right now, it's going to come alive. It's going to be quickened. It's going to be made alive. And you're going to look at the devil and say, Get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. See, we can't imagine walking one day without the carnal mind opposing us. It ain't up there, <laughs> is it? But this is where God's trying to take us. 
to bring us to that understanding that the carnal mind through what we're going to receive. And I believe God's already started putting a measure of it in us just because it ain't coming like it did on the day of Pentecost because there's too many things being revealed. My God, the way God opened that word up to Brother Michael last night and then this morning, it just, I said, I, man, I was shouting last night. I was shouting last night and praising God because I've seen it happening ever since camp meeting. I've seen God turning something in this man, turning something in him and putting something in him and putting a revelation of the knowledge and there's something happening in the spirit. See, y'all think every, every baptism or every outpouring of the Holy Ghost has to come like it did on the day of Pentecost. No, it don't. No, it don't. You don't know what Paul's baptism looked like when the Bible said the scale fell off, fell off his eyes and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't know what his baptism looked like. But it definitely changed him. It changed him from a murderer and a persecutor and a blasphemer to probably the greatest vessel Jesus Christ has ever lived in on this earth. Because he wrote three-fourths of the New Testament. Let's look at it. He tore down that middle wall of petition. So you can now go into the holiest of holies. Ain't nothing to stop you. The veil's been rent. The middle wall of petition's been tore down. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity. What does enmity mean? Opposition. Is the carnal mind enmity against God? It's opposition against God. It's opposition. Y'all going to find out that religion is the greatest opposition and what religion is taught is the greatest opposition to what's being taught right now that you'd ever want to see. Because when you start preaching this, well, you're going to stir things up. I mean, you're going to stir it up and you're going to stir it up big time. Why? Oh, you're taking away the deity of the Christ. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm just letting you know he was man, approved of God, made in the likeness of sinful flesh, took on him the nature of Abraham. Y'all following me? Was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. He didn't come out of that womb God. He came out of that womb man. He came out of that womb of flesh and blood and bone baby, and he grew. He grew. He knew who he was when he was small. He knew who he was. He knew what he was called for. And therefore, he was channeled in them scriptures. That's the reason he could do what he does. But as far as having something in God that we don't have, not then. Not then. Was his flesh tempted in the wilderness or was the Spirit of God tempted in the wilderness? And his flesh had to be just like our flesh. Had to be just like our flesh. If it wasn't, what's the point? If he didn't conquer Satan as a man, well, God living in him, just like we are being given that privilege now, what's the point? Might well hang it up. If he was given special privileges, but me and my wife had this conversation. I can't remember whether it was 2007 or 8 or I can't remember what year it was. We're sitting on the front porch and we're talking about some of these very things. She was battling. 
And I was talking to her about some of the stuff God had began to reveal to me. And she looked at me and she said, well, she said, if I was the son of God, <laughs> I could overcome everything too. And that's the attitude we've had. That's because we've never had it broke down to us the way it's being broken down now. When the Spirit of God in him got tempted, the flesh got tempted. The flesh got tempted. It's like the devil opens on, up on us every day. But we don't have to keep making these mistakes. We don't have to keep failing. We don't have to keep letting the devil outsmart us. Why? He conquered him. And what he conquered him, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the working of the Spirit of God in him, how he conquered him, he's coming back to us in the Spirit of Christ. God told us a year ago he was fixing to open up mysteries and seals and knowledge. God's beginning to open it up. He told us he would give us the understanding of how to overcome this mortal flesh and this carnal mind. Did he not? Did he not? And God's been breaking this thing down. He's been breaking it down. You've got to look at him. Was he the son of God? The Bible says he was according to the spirit of holiness. And he was declared to be the son of God by the power of the resurrection. He was declared to be the son of God by the power of the resurrection. Amen. But he was made of the seed of David. According to the flesh. If he ain't made like me and you. We'll never make it. We'll never make it. It's unfair. That's what, that's what she told. That's what she told me sitting on the front porch. She said that's not fair. Said if he had something we didn't have. If he was made different than what we was made. It ain't fair. Ain't a fair fight. It ain't right. I said, but he was. But he was made like me and you. Amen. Are y'all understanding? So, don't say you can't. Because you can't. See, people have used this old, I can't do that. I'm not Jesus. Yeah, you can do that because he's made just like you. And he done this as a man. He abolished this enmity. He abolished this opposition that was in the flesh through all these carnal commandments. Even the Jews couldn't live by the law. Too many do's, don'ts, if, ands, and buts. Very few of them ever, they'd done the best they could, but very few of them, you, you read very few of them that were blameless. A few of them were blameless. But most of them couldn't do it. Too complicated. And people trying to live by religious teachings of man today, You'll never possess this. You'll never possess this. You've got to come to understand the humanity of the Christ. You hear me? You've got to come to understand the humanity of the Christ. That mediator between God and man. Let's look at it this way. You know, I know I've explained this before. You've got God up here. You've got man down here.
Okay, we're going to put God up here. We're going to put man down here. We're going to put Jesus right here in the middle. So you got God up here. You got man down here. And you got the man, Christ Jesus, right here. He's the mediator. He's the go-between. Amen? He's the go-between. So when God wants to communicate the things of God down to man, man don't understand the things of God. The Bible tells you it don't. First Corinthians 2 will tell you, man don't understand the things of God. So what does he do? He goes through the man, Christ Jesus, because the man part of him understands everything you battle, understands everything, your weakness, your infirmities, your temptation. God don't understand temptations. He don't. Am I making sense to anybody today? God don't understand temptation. And so when we're tempted and we don't understand how to possess the things of God and we cry out to God and ask God for His help and His mercy, it goes to the mediator. It goes to the man part and then the God part. If you understand what I'm saying. You understand what I'm saying? That man, Christ Jesus, he's still alive. You hear me? He's still alive. He's still alive. He's your mediator. He's your helper. He's there to help you get through when you can't get through. He's helped you to understand when you can't understand. So, don't take the man part. Don't take the, Jesus was a man. He's just temple God lived in. Don't take that man part. The way the church has set him up. And say you can't. Because you can. You can. When you come to the knowledge of this. Then you'll come to the knowledge of I can do all things through Christ. He said I didn't. I, I, he didn't say I can do all things through Jesus. He said I can do all things through the Christ. That strengtheneth me. I can do all things through the Christ. Anything I need to do, I can go to the Christ. Anything I need to do, amen, I can go to the Christ. Why? He abolished this as a man in his flesh. Did he have an earnest, did he have a, he had some type of measure. I don't know what he had. He had more than anything me and you's ever seen. But he was the son of man. He had not yet become the Son of God. Amen? Make sense? Then let's quit letting the enemy put us down. Let's quit letting the enemy hold us down. Because God right now is revealing the Son of Man for you to become as He was as He walked on this earth. He's revealing that.
He's revealing that. And we've believed in the power of the miracles and everything for years. We've said because we've got the Holy Ghost, we can do these miracles. But I'm going to tell you, there's something missing. And this is the something that's missing. Because this is going to bring back his nature. This is going to bring back his character. This is going to bring back his integrity and his ethics. This is going to bring back the communion between God and man. And when man and God begin to commune and they get intimate in relationship, that's what Brother Cromer preached, the intimacy of power. Amen. Yep, lines up. Lines up. Line upon line. Precept upon precept. Lines up. Lines up. Why? God's time to reveal itself. We ain't had it before because it wasn't God's timing. We ain't had the knowledge of this before. If I'd tried to preach this 10 years ago, and it's still going to cause opposition. Still going to cause opposition. But if this ain't the answer, you find the answer. Because this is the answer. This is the answer. This is what has kept man from achieving that place in God and God achieving that place in him is because we've always believed Jesus was made different. We've always believed there was something extra special about him that we couldn't be as he was. But he told us in John, was it 1 John 4, 17? Think we can be as he is. Well, before we can be as he is, we've got to be as he was. Amen. We've got to become the son. We've got to take on the nature of the son of man, which will lead us into the sons of God. I appreciate this word today. I hope it helps. I really do. You say, well, Brother Matter, I'm just confused. Well, get your Bible. Get you a good reference, concordance. Start praying and studying and ask God to reveal it to you is all I can tell you because this has taken years of prayer and fasting and study and I didn't give this to me. God revealed it at his time. God revealed it at his time. And if you don't agree with it, that's your choice. That's your choice. God's put you here. You get in here and fight for this. If you understand it and you see what God's doing, you get in here and fight for this because we're close to something. We are close to something. Amen. Hallelujah. And I know Sister Daniels told me several years back, and I agree with her. She said, What's the, she said God spoke to her and said, what the church calls the Holy Ghost is not the Holy Ghost I poured out on the day of Pentecost. And we don't have the evidence of what was poured out on the day of Pentecost. We don't live the lives they lived. We don't manifest the Christ they manifest. And there's one thing about them people, buddy. They love not their lives unto death. And I'm sorry to say, I don't think I'm there yet. But this baptism that's coming. And I'm telling you, something's coming. Something greater than we've ever had is coming. Something greater is coming. You ain't going to 
going to have to battle this carnality. God's going to put it to death. The Spirit of God in you is going to put it to death. You're going to be planted with him in the likeness of his death, and you're going to be raised with him in the likeness of his resurrection. Yes, you are. Because it's what we've got to have. When's it coming? I don't know, but it's close. It's close. Well, Brother Meadow, when you say close, what do you mean? I don't know. The Bible says a thousand years is one day of the Lord, and one day is a thousand years. So in God's sight, it's been about two days since Jesus hung on the cross. So I don't know how to tell you what close is in his eyes. All he knows we're close to something. And if the devil can move you, he's going to move you. If he can destroy you, he's going to destroy you. If he can get you caught up in everything else except seeking first the kingdom of God, that's what he's going to do. I got my focus on seeking first the kingdom of God. I got my focus on it. I got my eyes on the prize, on the mark. That prize of that high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Got my eyes on it. I'm going to possess it by God's grace and help. I'm going to possess it. Amen. Will you go to prayer with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, Lord, to let this word and the spirit of this word enter in to the hearts and the minds of the people that are hungry. Let it be, Lord. Let it be that every heart is open to the working of your spirit and the revelation of your word. Lord, this is why I had the people pray in the beginning. I know everybody don't understand everything. I didn't and I still don't. But what you revealed to me, I understand. And by your help and your grace and your mercy and your strength, I'm going to walk in it to the best of my ability. Give the brethren and the men of this church, Lord, the ability to become leaders, to lead this body into what you're revealing. We give you honor and praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope this helped. Does this help anybody today? I think it helps open some understanding on some things. Does anybody need prayer?